Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Father-Son Packers podcast, your favorite news source for Packers news, notes, and analysis. My name is Tommy, here as always with my dad, Matt. Dad, how are you doing? I'm doing well. It's Friday night, TGIF. Looking forward to the weekend. Yes, it is Friday night. Uh, Normally, we record these on Thursday night, but we had some technical difficulties last night, which has caused us to push it back to tonight, and we appreciate your patience. But yeah, we do these pregames every single week for the coming game, and then we do postgames every Sunday night for a follow-up and a bit of a deep-dive analysis into the game itself. Um, So thank you for coming and joining us for our pregame for this Sunday's game, Packers-Patriots in Lambeau Sunday afternoon. And if you want any more information about what we're doing, you can come follow us on Twitter at FatherSonPacker or check us out on YouTube, Father Son Packers Podcast. Uh, the Twitter is where we kind of tweet out uh, our new episodes, any news and notes from Packers land, any um, analysis, thoughts we have on what's going on with the Packers, what's going on in Green Bay. And it's just a nice place to come check out a bit of a conglomeration of Packers news. Uh, but as we go forward, Dad, do you want to just hop right into this Packers Patriots pregame? Sure. Um, looking forward to this stretch of AFC, NFC East games. Yes. Kind of the, some of the easiest part of our schedule. I think most people would agree. Yeah, I'm excited for all of that stretch of games, except for, you know, there's some tough opponents in the Eagles, Bills, and Dolphins, but that's I think, later. Yes, that is later. We do these get next, the, these next four. We've got the, we got, you know, Patriots, Jets, Giants, and. Uh, those are the next three and commanders yes i i love that stretch can the whole season be that stretch can we only play these teams i would like to apply for a transfer to the (laughs) nfc east although to be honest the nfc north has has treated us quite well so maybe i should uh count count our blessings but anyway like we do every week with our pregames we like to start with the injury report because it is a very important note and because we're recording on Friday, we actually have the official injury report for the game. So, Dad, I'm just going to buzz right through it, if that's all right with you. Sure, we can have a few observations here and there. Yeah, but I'm going to just buzz really quick through the Packers part. Um, so, for the Packers, uh, they have actually probably the fairly, like, the cleanest injury report they've had so far this season. Jair Alexander is questionable. He got in a limited participation after being a DNP on uh, Thursday got a limited participation in on Friday, but he is questionable for the game with the groin injury he sustained in the last game. And then Caleb Jones, uh, one of their backup depth tackles, is out with an illness. But besides that, no one is on the injury report. David Bakhtiari yeah. is, while he's still not practicing every day, he is officially off the injury report. And Christian Watson has seemed to improve to a full participant um, as of Thursday and right. is and, looking and like he's going to play. No injury designation. And no injury I mean, designation for either of them. I think I would talk a little bit about this, you know, so Bakhtari is not practicing every day, but it was all planned. You know, the fact that he's able to play two weeks in a row is Knock on wood. great. And uh, Jenkins kind of the same schedule now where he's not practicing every day, but he's going, you know, multiple weeks in a row. Yeah. I think the he's biggest thing, the biggest thing up. is the biggest thing is Bakhtiari not having had a setback after last game. Because if you remember last year against the lions, he tried to play, he played about a half. And the knee just swelled up on him throughout the course of the next week, and he was unable to play in the playoffs. And they had to shut it down, and he had to get further surgeries. So it seems like his knee took well to the action, limited action he had against Tampa. Yep, right. Better than So this is the furthest he's been along in 21 months. Yeah. So look, we're, we're, we're feeling, we're, we're trying to feel good about this. No bad news is good news at this point. 
Yep, and, and the fact, the fact that Jair still has a chance to play this week is a is a, is a little bit of surprise. We'll see what happens. But I would assume I would assume he does not play because it's probably should take it. Yeah, probably <laughs> should take it easy. It's, it's, it's New gotta... England, and it's New England without their starting quarterback, which kind of leads us right into the New England side of the injury report. Dad, if you didn't have anything more you wanted to add about the Packers, nope. We should move on to uh, okay. to the the more much more extensive New England injury list. Yes, the Patriots have it looks like ten players on their injury report. Most importantly, though, of which is Mac Jones, who will their starting quarterback, who will not play this weekend. Brian Hoyer will start in his place. <laughs> Uh, he had a high ankle sprain at the end of the last game that looked bad, had to get carried to the locker room, and it is, in fact, bad enough where we will have to miss this game. This is the biggest piece of news and the biggest yes. reason that the Packers are 11-point favorites versus the Patriots this weekend. Um, Despite everything you heard Bill Belichick saying partway through the week of how, oh, we haven't decided yet, maybe he's going to play, was there a single person in the room who believed a word of that? No, I can't imagine it. Yeah, it it looked. I mean, he didn't put any weight on it going to the locker room. He had, he had to, to carry he had to, to the hop locker room. off to the edge of the field. There were reports on Tuesday that this is the type of injury that many players do end up getting surgery for. So it definitely seemed like it take like four to four to ten weeks. Exactly, it seemed like very much so that he was going to miss this game, but he will be, uh, and that's a big reason why the Packers should win this game. Beyond that, Lawrence Guy, one of their starting D tackles, is out. Yadni Kajust, one of their backup tackles, is out. Kyle Duggar, one of their starting safeties, is questionable after being limited all week. Uh, Joshua Bledsoe, one of their safeties, is questionable. Devon Godshaw, one of their D-linemen, is questionable. Raekwon McMillan, one of their linebackers, is questionable. Jacoby Myers, probably their best receiver, is questionable. Jalen Mills, one of their starting corners, is questionable. And Adrian Phillips, another one of their safeties, is questionable. So a lot of people dinged up in that secondary, Dad. Yes, some of them got hurt during the last game. I think uh, that was was Duggar, I think, got hurt during the last game. I believe so, yes. I think and, I remember uh, that. And Jacoby Myers missed the last game with this same injury. Yeah, his knee has been bugging him for a couple weeks now. But he so is we'll, probably their we'll best see. receiver. He certainly is their, their target hog. Yeah. Um, he's, not a, he's not a down – he's more of a possession receiver than a downfield threat. Yes, Aguilar is more of their da- – Aguilar and well, Devontae the, Parker are more of their I would say their other threats. three main receivers are all downhill threats, and they don't really have a possession re- a receiver besides uh, Myers. Yeah, I think Bourne Born, could – Bourne, Aguilar, and Parker all are eh, more downfield. I think Bourne could step into that possession role if they needed him to, Possibly, more so than the that, other two. But there's de- – I think the biggest thing are the people who are dinged up in their secondary, um, which I think will – be important in this game to see who is able to go for them because Duggar at least is one of their primary playmakers on defense. He's a high draft pick, high second round pick a couple years ago, and he's a supreme athlete and he flies around the ball near the line of scrimmage. And I think not having him will severely hurt their run defense because he is a big sideline to sideline guy. But anyway, yeah, and, and their and their coverage has already not been very good on the back end. Yeah, but we'll except, get into more of that. For, we'll go. We'll get back to that. Yeah, we'll get back to that. But that is the injury report for the game. Packers are looking pretty dang healthy. New England Patriots slightly less so, although a lot of these questionable guys were limited during the week, so they were able to practice at least in some capacity. And I would expect most of the questionable guys are able to play. Next, what we like to do, one of our favorite segments, is our as part of our game preview is the blast from the past, where we talk a little bit about when the Packers have played this team before. But, Dad, this week, and, and it's, this, this week it's really not that impactful. 
the this blast is from way in the past with regard to the um, structure of the two teams now. The last time they played was before LaFleur was coach. Brady was still the Tampa quarterback. There was a ton has changed. There's only Buddy, one... Buddy Holly was the top of the charts. <laughs> <laughs> the front of the New York Times read... <laughs> read... Hindenburg. Sputnik, Sputnik yeah. goes into space. Yes, but, but uh, pretty I mean, much I think the gist of it is that this past game where Green Bay lost 31-17, to um, and it was the year that New England won the Super Bowl versus the Rams, um, is really not that indicative of this matchup, but it is just kind of a nice little blast from the past. It was yeah, four just, years ago now. And just think, in four years, things, as I say, NFL, not for long. Yeah. In, in, it was an interview for, for the Packers, only one receiver who is on the team now who caught a pass that day. It's Cobb. That's Cobb, yeah. who yeah. left and came back. I was going to say it's Cobb. <laughs> and for New England, they don't have anybody left who caught a pass that day. Um, and the Green Bay defenders that are still here, it's just Jair, Kenny, and Lowry. And that would have been no Jair's rookie starters. year. Yeah. Right? So that's how much things have changed. Um, Aaron Jones was was already on the Packers. But yeah, yes. that's it's just... A ton of turnover. Yeah, a lot of turnover um, since then. But that's kind of our blast from the past for the Patriots. Normally, sometimes, especially for rivalry games, we'll spend a little more time on this section. But for this one, we felt like it was kind of one we could ble- breeze by. But so now let's go to our next section. What's going on in Patriots world? This is where we take a bit of a view into what the storylines for the opposing team are, how they've been looking this year, um, just kind of giving some information about the opponent because we think it's important to know about them. And we feel like you already know a lot about your own team, the Packers, but it's nice to know a little bit about the Patriots. So dad, what should our loyal listeners know about the Patriots? So one of the first things I'd like to say is they've, uh, I guess you say brought back some former um, Patriots assistants. Yes. To their team, Joe judge and Matt Patricia. And the, the, one of the weirdest things going on is like the offensive corner position, they don't really have one. Well, that's they what you're also- saying is they brought back Joe Judge and Matt Patricia to be co-offensive coordinators. And if you don't know who Joe Judge and Matt Patricia are, they are both not very successful former head coaches, Joe Judge with the New York Giants and Matt Patricia with the Detroit Lions. But the in- more interesting thing about them is while they are currently co-offensive coordinators, both of their backgrounds, Joe Judge spe- uh, special teams and Matt Patricia defensive coordinator, have nothing to do with offense, particularly. So it's a very interesting decision for them. They kind of, like, Belichick was, like, refusing to name an offensive coordinator. He was, like, being very weird about what, you know, people ask. Well, uh, well, I guess we'll see. Yeah, so that's kind of what's going on with their offense. Beyond that, they have a 1-2 and record so far this year with losses to the Ravens as well as to the Miami Dolphins. And they... Beat the Steelers. The Steelers, yes. Uh, 17-14 in a rather low-scoring game. Yes, thank you for catching and, that. And so far, they've scored 7 points against the Dolphins, 14, um, 17 against the Steelers, and 26 against the Ravens. Yes, but more specifically, let's kind of look at that Ravens game, which was their game last week, where... They lost 37-26 to to the Baltimore Ravens. A bit of a barn burner. Um, and when we're looking at the Patriots, it felt like to me, just looking at the game, that their offense ran the ball very well uh, with their running backs averaging about 4.95 yards per carry and 
while they didn't generate many explosive plays in the run game, it seemed like they were able to get some consistent movement there. And that's kind of been their story is they've been a fairly good running team so far this year. Yeah. Um, I mean, they have two quite good running backs in Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson. Both of them are pretty dang good NFL players. But neither one is explosive. Yes. And fast. They are they are, are more tackle breaking type running backs yeah. than any kind of and, explosive and, runners. And Stevenson is is you know pretty big is pretty big guy at four, at uh, two thirty. But yeah, they both have around like four six um, in speed in the forty. So yeah, neither, when looking at their combine numbers, yeah, I so think Harris is a bit faster on the, on the field than a four six. But yeah, they're they're not gonna take the t- like. They're not going to take it 80 yards, knock on wood, unless unless the Packers do something extremely wrong. Beyond that in that game, uh, Devontae Parker had a very nice game, um, generating explosive plays of 31, 40, and 36 yards. So that's going to be something to keep an eye on, because even with Brian Hoyer, I wouldn't be surprised if they try and take those shots downfield. But on defense, Dad, their defense actually really struggled to stop the run versus the Ravens. And the Ravens are a very unique situation, what with Lamar Jackson's gravity as a... As a um, threat with both uh, his arm and his legs, but they still allowed 6.38 yards per carry to the running backs on Baltimore, who had been struggling to run the ball up until that point. Yeah, though they had, uh, had did they, I guess they had one long run for uh, 34 yards, but not yes, the, in the other second half for uh, Lamar was for Lamar. Yeah, I mean, but, even uh, yeah, even when you ignore Lamar's rushing, the. Um, the Baltimore running backs with uh, J.K. Dobbins having his first game back and then Justice Hill being kind of a more of a depth piece, both were able to get the ball moving. And so that's probably something where we should look at for the Packers and we will talk about briefly. And then, like we said before last week, Mac Jones was lost to a leg injury that will probably keep him out some time pretty much at the end of the game. Yes. Um, and we can talk a little bit about uh, kind of things we expect in, in, from uh, both sides going in this yeah. game as well, and what but, we might expect. Yeah, the, uh, but New that's England kind to do. of that's kind of what happened last week, essentially for the Patriots. Um, do you want to, like you were saying, do you want to move into Patriots Packers now that matchup's looking? Seemed like we were kind of heading there anyway. Right. So one thing I wanted to say so. That uh, overall, uh, the, the New England defense has been um, pretty mediocre, I would say. Overall, pretty mediocre. Yeah. It looks They're, like they uh, were 16th in DVOA against the pass and 29th in DVOA against the run. Right. So kind of middle of the pack in the pass and one of the worst teams against the run. And then on offense... They're only 22nd, you know, according to football outsiders DVOA, passing the ball. But on offense, they're first in rushing the ball by DVOA. Yeah, and I think that kind of takes us into what makes the Patriots a tough matchup, possibly for the Packers. And do you want to talk a little bit about, like, their, yeah, rush, so their I'd rushing like to offense? Break down a little bit both their offense and their defense. Let's um, start. Let's start with offense. Okay, so. Uh, their their O line is first in power run rating, but they're only middle of the pack in pass blocking, mm-hmm. which kind of lines up with how their offense is performing in the Russian. Right, so they're they're having, having better success with um, 
what's called like the power run, which is conversion on like second and third and short for first downs. Mm-hmm. So that's something they've been good at. So one thing I expect, you know, what might make the uh, Patriots tough is that I think they're going to try to run the ball up the middle. Yeah, because New England is top three in the frequency of runs up the middle, but behind the guards in the center. Um, though their most success is actually running behind the right tackle. Um, they're top 10 in success running up the middle. And only, and then their poorest is running to the left. So we might see the more of that power running game up the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I think that's tough because it's... It's, I don't think it's going to be too big an issue when Kenny is playing, but on the snaps that he's not in, they're going to need Slayton and Reed and if Wyatt gets more snaps this year, this week, to really step up there. Right. And it's not exactly a weakness of the Packers, though, because they're, they're ninth in power success as a defense, but they are second, they are last in second level rank. So that's, um, the ability of the linebackers to tackle when the ball when the care ball carry gets there, and that's probably almost exclusively due to that Chicago game. Yeah, they really struggled to tackle and, and in that in Chicago fact, like game. That it was one, it was nice to see them clean drive. it up. It was nice to see them clean it up versus Tampa, though. It seemed like they tackled yes, a lot better. The versus tackling Tampa. has gotten so much better. So actually, I think that that ranking of last in that metric is a small sample size phenomenon. And that wasn't and specifically that wasn't specifically up. to power running, right? That second level grade? No, that's the second level. And their power rank has been pretty good. And, and, you know, in that game, even in that game, I think their success at like, you know, stuff percentage ability to, mm-hmm. they, they had a lot, forced a lot of very short runs. But then when it got to the second level, it was like 20 or 27. Mm-hmm. You know, but a lot of that was, you know, just in two drives. So I don't think that's going to be a long-term problem. Yeah, I mean, the Patriots, I feel like, are always a tough matchup. And I think the thing that most makes them a tough matchup is Bill Belichick's coaching. They're a very well-coached team. They don't have the most talented roster, but Bill Belichick will... I mean, some of the not having the most talented roster is on Belichick, but he will squeeze as much talent as he can out of all of those players. And he's just... I think he's elite at specifically game planning, game to game. He will take away the one thing that you're good at, and he'll sell out to do that and make you beat him with something that you're not as comfortable doing. And I think that's what makes the right. Patriots the toughest and, matchup to me. And that's something maybe we could talk a little bit more about later. Yeah. But one thing, but also I just talk about the New England um, defense. Yeah, since we're talking about since we're talking about Belichick, might as well talk about the New England. It's really defense. Be the defense. It's his baby. And so the New England defense has actually been generally stronger than their their. Uh, um, offense this year, they're seventh in DVOA um, as, as part of the part of their good run defense has been their seventh in adjusted line yards. Mm-hmm. But then they're yeah they're not getting pushed back much at all. Well, it's kind of a mix. Um, they're 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 sort of their stuff rate and power success isn't great, but their second level play has been better. But some of that actually is a consequence of playing a three four. It's something that's common with three with playing a three four rather than a four three, is some of this ends up showing up as second level success rather mm-hmm. than because they give um, it to the edges. first level success. They say the right. edges they, are they, linebackers, quote unquote. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And I then, can... and then and then and then you have you know, they're playing like a, a two gap scheme. Then the front is mostly just eating up blocks with the linebackers filling in to tackle. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean the Patriots. 
like they you can't name many of their players on defense as like stars at least they have a lot of nice role players um and a lot of just solid players but no no not a lot of stars i would say so i think that's part of part of what is impressive about them is the coaching that's able to get them up to this higher level of play but i think we can kind of move on from here about what makes them a tough matchup and talk more specifically about how we think that they are going to try to exploit the Packers. Um, do you kind of want to start us off there about how that how you think they're going to try and attack us? Right. And so some of this is a little bit of repeating what I, I got to already about how I think they're going to try to run up the middle, that neither of the backs are particularly fast. So I, and, and maybe one of the reasons why 70% of the runs go up the middle and not try to, to beat with speed around the edge. Yes, but you did um, mention, though, that they do like running at that right tackle spot, which is Isaiah Wynn, one of their well, better... They, they, one of their be- well, like One of their better O-linemen, and the Packers have struggled to contain the edges at times. I think what it looks like, you know, when you look at the data, it's like, it looks like they should run to the right more. That's where they're having the most success, but they're not doing it very often mm. compared to running up the middle. I mean, that's, that's, what, that's what the numbers are showing right now. Um, and so far... Out of the two, like Stevenson is the better rated runner and Harris is the better rated pass catcher per PFF grades. Yeah. Um, and how the other thing about how the Pats, I think, will try to exploit the Packers, and you'll, I think, maybe touch on some of this, is that they'll, uh, I think they're going to try to f- um, clog up the middle against the Packers running game. Yeah. Try to follow a blueprint like Tampa Bay, though they don't really have the horses. Well, here's the thing is because this is what I had for how I think the Patriots are going to try and exploit the Packers and kind of ties into what I said earlier about Bill Belichick trying to make you make the other team beat the Patriots without their best weapon and just kind of letting like if you can beat them in a second way, he's like, okay, then that's just how it's going to be. But I agree that I think they're going to sell out to stop the run. I think they're going to um, I know they don't necessarily have the horses for man coverage on the outside, especially if Mills is going to be out. Um, but I do think they're going to try and sell out to stop the run and stop Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon and see and dare the Packers receivers to beat man coverage and just get open against zone in general, because I think the Packers receiver core is probably their one of their most unproven positions, if not their most unproven position. And it's certainly less proven than their running backs. And so I think Belichick's going to be like, Hey, if you let's see if your receivers can beat me before you make me actually allocate resources to guarding them, and I'm going to stop your two best players on offense and Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon, and see what your counter is. And I think that's how they're going to try and exploit the Packers a little bit. Yeah, and I think one thing that they might try to do that, like the Tampa Bay did, was to kind of crowd the line of scrimmage. Yeah, a lot reduce... of mug a, mugged a gaps. Like, yeah, and and and, and plus like. Um, restrict the yards after catch, mm-hmm. same way the Tampa did. You know, the the Packers were throwing short, but then they weren't able to stack on yardage after that because the Tampa Bay stopped playing their secondary so deep in the second half. Yeah, the and way really crowded the line of scrimmage, and just the way Tampa rallied and tackled was very impressive in that game. I thought, and and uh, you know, so I don't. New England might try that. I think a lot of teams might try that because it worked for Tampa Bay against the Packers offense. But not a lot of defenses people, are as talented as Tampa's. Right. New England's secondary isn't nearly as good as Tampa Bay's, and their linebackers aren't nearly as fast. Yep, that's 100% true. Um, And I think just that it's tough because I think, like we said before, the Packers struggle to score when they can't run the ball, and I'm sure Belichick probably has realized that as well. 
And I wouldn't be surprised if that gave the Packers some troubles to start this game. But, you know, the Packers aren't helpless, like we say every time. And I think that kind of leads us into some more optimism, perhaps, and talk about maybe how the Packers will try and exploit the Patriots on the other side. Yeah, one thing I'd just like to say is we are trying to give an honest effort to find some way that the Patriots might try to exploit the Packers, even if we think that I hope you know is low. I hope you know they're going to win now. <laughs> now that you've said that, they are. I guarantee. I, I'm putting all putting the mortgage on the Patriots, putting the house on the Patriots. Now that you've fully jinxed but, uh, it, knock on wood. But we are trying to find the possible strengths for the Pat- the Packers opponents. Yeah, and I mean, in, in all, all cases, I don't know that the Patriots. They don't need to score a lot to beat the Packers. The Packers right now are not that high-powered of an offense. And if they can keep this game tight, uh, just quickly jumping back to uh, how the Patriots might exploit the Packers, if they can keep this game tight and low-scoring and ugly, they're more than happy to do that, and I think that gives them a real chance to win. I think that what the Packers have so far been is they have enough inconsistency that their drives can sputter out. Oh, you know, yeah. From series to series. Oh, yeah. I think they actually still have a pretty high ceiling if they can put it all together. But let's go on. You want to go first on how the Packers are going to exploit the Bucks? Yeah, or hopefully. First, you mean uh, the Patriots? Sorry, though. <laughs> yeah, the <laughs> but Patriots. Yes. I think. Bucks North. Yeah. Buccaneers. Brady's, North. Uh, Brady, the Buccaneers Brady are, Pryor. The Buccaneers are Patriots South, let's be honest. Um, <laughs> but. How the Packers will attack the Patriots. So I think that this is interesting. Because I think, so I saw a Patriots reporter tweeting about this, and I cannot remember his name, um, so I'm sorry if it was this reporter, but he was tweeting about how Lawrence Guy, their defensive tackle, missing this game, he believed would have a big impact on the running defense. And I wanted to kind of look at that a little bit and see if that was something the Packers could take a look into. So Lawrence Guy missed the entire second half versus the Ravens last week. And while the Ravens did rush for 7.25 yards per carry in the second half after Guy was knocked out of the game, that number was largely, specifically their running backs, rushed for 7.25 yards per carry in the second half. That number was largely bolstered by one big run by Justice Hill that went for around 35 yards. And for the most part, their running backs actually really struggled, especially struggled rushing up the middle, um, running behind their guards just three times for five yards. And I know that the Packers have better running backs than the Ravens, um, and they will probably perform better on the ground than the Ravens did, or at least better on the ground for running backs than the Ravens did. Um, But I actually think more so that the Packers should try and attack the New England safeties, especially given all the injuries they have there with Duggar questionable to play. Um, Adrian Phillips questionable to play Jalen Mills questionable to play and the fact that Devin McCourty is 35 years old I would really like to see the Packers take some deep shots to both Christian Watson and Dobbs and really test the speed on that back line because I don't think they have anyone that can run with either of those guys yeah and they they really only have one defensive back who's rated pretty well um, by um PFF, and that's Jonathan Jones. The rest mm-hmm. of the um, secondary has not been performing very well so far this year, particularly in coverage. I think Duggar's been doing pretty well as in, in run defense, but not in pass, not in coverage. Mm-hmm. But he's really the only 
I would say elite athlete on that back end who might have a chance to run with these guys given his um, size and speed. Um, but that's kind of how I think that the Packers should try and take advantage of it. I would love to see Watson and Dobbs actually getting some shots deep because that's something that I know Watson didn't play versus Tampa Bay, but they really did not use Dobbs in that manner much at all versus Tampa Bay. It was a lot of like shallower stuff and letting him work after the catch, which is fine. Uh, but I would just like to see some shots downfield against a secondary where I think that they can be taken advantage of in that way. And that's how I would like to see the Packers try to exploit the Patriots. Dad, how do you feel like you want the Packers to exploit the Patriots? Well, one thing I think I would expect anyway is that the the, the Packers are going to try to, in some ways, pull a, pull a Belichick and take away their running game, which is New England's, like, bright spot on offense Especially so far Especially with Mac Jones out with Hoyer, and, and you know and they're right. going to be they're gonna the ball off like force, crazy. Right, and so the Packers are going to want to try to force the Patriots into third and long and other passing situations and force Hoyer to throw. Um, their, their passing attack has not been good. They've been 22nd in the league, even with Jones. Um and, and Hoyer has mostly been a below average QB by DVOA when given the chance. He he had a and he's last not year, getting, he's look, not getting any younger. Last year he had this kind of weird year where he actually had a, like a really great rating, but it's just like three passes, like a total of like eleven passes spread out over three games in in you know garbage time. So I don't think that really means very much. You know, and he'll throw the the INTs. Had thirty five career INTs to only fifty three touchdowns. So, but he, I I think, I think they're going to try to force them into passing situations. I think they're actually going to possibly blitz more like they did last week in Tampa Bay because I think like Tampa Bay's receiving core, I don't think the receiving core is all that special for New England. I mean, they have some um, deep, some deep threats, but. I think if they blitz Hoyer, I think they could have a really good chance of getting some uh, turnovers from him. And they were willing to blitz last week, which is a bit of a um, deviation from his prior tendencies for uh, for Barry. Yeah, and I would like to see them blitz Hoyer just to kind of like throw him off a little bit. I don't expect them to do it, though. I think they're just going to rush for and... See if he can. Well, well I, I'm just. I think they're just going to see if he can beat the coverage they have lining up out there. And I know that Jair probably will see. not play, and it'll be Keyshawn Nixon. And I know, even though he looked really good last week, he actually kind of struggled on further review to actually stay with um, the receivers from Tampa. But I think I think they're just going to drop say, uh, drop into zone coverage like they have previously. We'll see. I think they they did uh, rush. Uh, we'll see if they blitz. Um... Quay Walker again a couple times this week like they did last uh, yes, week. Yes, I and that was something we asked for last week, and it was something that we kind of got given because I think he's a very dynamic mover, and he's got a lot more pop than you would think um, for how like lean he looks. He can really move he, offensive line. He hits with power when he when he you know he lines up his target and uh, sends them backwards. No, yeah, um, so. But that's kind of what we're looking for the Packers to exploit from the Patriots. Dad, did you have anything else that you want to add? Well, I think we can make sort of some of it feeds into kind of what we're keeping an eye out for, which maybe we can move to next is, you know, what what things we're going to watch for, which is a little bit. I'm, some of the things I'm going to watch for are some of the things that um, looking for how the Packers are going to maybe exploit uh, the Patriots. 
So one thing that I want to see is with with so one thing that seemed to be missing from last week was the uh, the jet motion with Watson. They didn't really put anybody in to do any yeah, jet motion. Yeah, they did not while, really while have anyone to stretch the opposing defense sideline to sideline at all. Right, and you know, every I think a lot of people felt this way. That game last week against Tampa had a lot of similar vibes to last year's playoff game against the 49ers, where we didn't have MVS, we didn't have the deep threat, we couldn't stretch the defense out and force them to go downfield and open up the um, run after catch and the intermediate routes. And so what I'm looking for is, will they have more jet motion now with Watson? Um, Yeah. And will they be able to stretch the defense by having him... uh, you know, with a more of a downfield threat. Yeah, and that's that's I think an important distinction I want to make is while I really think that the the motion aspect of what Watson brings to this offense is important and the horizontal spacing it provides, I would really like to see them actually use him as a receiver because it seems like he's only being used for these little gadget plays so far and they're not really letting him run routes at least through the first two games. They were really not letting him move around like actually as a receiver they were using him almost exclusively as just motion 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 quick out i would like to let them i would like to see them let him at least give him a chance to prove he can play some receiver please because i know the horizontal spacing is important but he's also the only guy with speed with like that kind of speed at the receiver position that they have and like i would like to see him run some rounds yeah, I was going to say, they haven't looked for him on what you consider to be more traditional routes and, and pass plays rather than gadget plays for a number of games now. We'll see if that starts to change as he gets more acclimated to the offense. Yeah, and and just while we're touching on the receivers, I think something that I, like, as I said, I'm excited to see if Christian Watson will have a more defined role. This is his first game without Sammy Watkins playing, which is something I think is important to to keep in mind. Um, Because we saw that Dobbs got a lot of work when Sammy was out. Maybe Christian Watson will also get a nice share of those targets now that Sammy's not playing. Um, Get well soon, Sammy. We hope you're back at that minimum four weeks because he was playing pretty well when he was healthy. But that was a great game he had before. He had a great game versus the Bears. I know he only had like three catches, but he was really stretching the field, which is something that they need. Um, But I think that what I'm looking at in terms of receivers is if the Packers choose to play man coverage, or sorry, if the Patriots choose to play man coverage, Will the Packers receivers be able to get separation, in, enough separation for Rodgers to trust the window? I guess is something that I'm looking for. Yeah, so so I, I I'd like to if you're if you're you have more to say about the offense or you want I mean, to switch to do you have any uh, do you have any thoughts on the the Patriots plan? man coverage and if the Packers can separate because that's kind of something that concerns me a little bit and something concerns me long term for this team is how they will beat man coverage because they don't really have any one-on-one winners anymore without Devontae in my opinion like Randall Cobb is fine Alan Lazard is fine Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs are kind of unknowns although we like what we've seen from them so far I think this is something that's yeah I go ahead that's kind of the question for the season. I mean, how much of it can they win one-on-one and how much has to be schemed open? I mean, they were really able to get some open receivers in the first half, a number, a couple of long plays to Cobb, even against Tampa Bay's secondary. I think that they should be able to get open receivers against New England's secondary the way they've been playing so far this season. And I think we'll, and they certainly had you know eight times where Dobbs was open enough and to, to catch the ball downfield a little bit. Or, or make uh, yards after the catch last week. 
And I think they'll be able to get some open. Will they do more mesh play and crossing routes to uh, scheme people open or run uh, you know stack formations to get players open like they did in the past? I think we will always see that um, with the floor offense. Um, I guess the issue uh, to kind of what you touch on is when it comes right down to it on third and long, and they, you know, they have, who mm-hmm. do they go to? And so far, it's been like we've seen Lazard do it, we've seen Cobb do it, yeah, we. For for the most part, we and then they did Tanya and even uh, Tyler Davis had a nice uh, play. Well, I think they'll continue to spread it around. I don't think there's going to be one go to. But the thing is, see... you can say they'll continue to spread it around, but it's not like they've been very successful. Like it, like yes, they have been hitting these players. They've had but they've been missing. They've been, they've been missing more than they've than they've been hitting. Like you can say that these players like have had these completions and like gotten these first downs and beaten man, but for the most part, they're not like. We remember the ones they do. We don't remember the ones they don't. If that makes sense. Yeah, but so I, I mean, what it is, they go through stretches. They'll do they they'll do really yeah. well, and then it'll and then it, they'll, they'll go through a kind of these cold stretches well, or something. That don't they you think that could be to figure out indicative more of Lafleur is calling plays to get these players open versus man, but he only has so many in this bag of tricks, and eventually at some point, it's down to the players to win these one on ones and. I think it's fair to question. Players not plays. I think I think it's J- hey, Jimmy's and Joe's, not X's Jimmy's and O's. Jimmy's and Joe's, not X's and O's. Um, but I, I I do think that that's something that I'm going to look for in this game because I think ultimately, if they're going to have success in the playoffs, which is the only thing that really matters for this team, uh, they're going to need players to win one on ones, and I think the only ones they really have on their roster that I think have the ceiling to do that consistently are Watson and Dobbs. And so I would like to see them start getting those opportunities so that when the more important plays come, they have some experience. I think Lazard can do it from the slot as well. Maybe not so much from the outside, but I think he can get some of those slot fades and other routes he's shown in the past that's, that's to get open, even downfield. That's fair. I think he doesn't have the separation skills you would love because I think while he has he's pretty good hands, he's able to separate on those slot fades and kind of timing routes with Rodgers. But Rodgers does not like to throw contested balls. And so I think we're going to need players to really get separation for Rodgers to trust those throws. And I just don't know if Lazard is a good enough separator to be a trustworthy man-to-man beater all the time, even if he is Rodgers' most trusted receiver. I think one thing to look for, and I think it's talk touches on something we both put in here keeping an eye out for is as the offensive line improves is there going to be more time for player for receivers to get open yeah and so that's I, fair. one thing i'm looking for is for gradual improvement in the o-line as they have more continuity in who's playing with whom as well as shaking off the rust i think there's been some communication issues that could get cleaned up a little bit as you have the same guy next to you for more games in a row instead of different lineup every week we've had so far yeah so far this uh that's a, that's this a, year. that's a really fair point about the o-line they are still gelling and they have not in the last three games given rogers a ton of time to work and i know that that's i mean if the if rogers doesn't have time then the receivers don't have time to separate and that's something that i'm also looking for keep my eye out for this in this game as we're kind of wrapping up the things that we're keeping our eye out for um i think it's interesting so far through two weeks Elton Jenkins has really struggled at right tackle, and I know he's just making his way back. And I guess really struggled is a bit of an overstatement. He has struggled at right tackle so far. It's a position he hasn't played very much of. Um, coming off of an injury, 
And so I think versus Matthew Judon, who we haven't really talked about much yet, but he is New England's best pass rusher. He's one of their best players on defense. He was probably the closest thing to a star they have on defense. Um, I apologize for missing his name earlier when I was saying that they mostly had role players. They had no stars. Um, yeah, all red sleeves, as they call them. Um, their pass rush win win rate has been quite good. Yeah, so say far that this five year. times fast. Um, <laughs> but I think, like I was saying, I'm very curious to see how Elton plays at right tackle in this game because we're getting to the we're getting to the point where, like, you know, three games in, four games in, you start to you would hope he would start to settle in from injury um, and settle in, shake the rust off. Um, games one and two were not great, and I would just like to see a good Elton Jenkins right tackle game because I think it's important not only for the team this year, but for the future of the team that he demonstrates a aptitude at that position post-injury. Yeah, I think it's something that because he's still so recently come back from that ACL, that his, his yeah, you know, ACL tear is still only, what, 10 months ago, or maybe it's 11 months now, that it's not that... I'd expect him to take a little bit longer to really get his feet up underneath it. Plus, plus uh, doing a position that he's only done very rarely in the pros. So, follow-up question. Do you think that putting a player so recently off of a torn ACL at a position that they're not experienced in is a good idea? Um... I know they don't have a lot of other good options. Can Yash play right tackle? I don't think so. Like he did it. Like he did I it. Think, that was what he. All, that's all he did at Virginia Tech. I think if they thought he could play right tackle, they would be playing him at right tackle. Unless they do it this week, I guess we'll see. Yeah, I and I would I would expect Elton at right tackle unless the wheels really start coming off. But that's that's something that I'm keeping my eye on. I would love a scenario where, I mean, my ideal offensive line with this group would probably be Bakhtiari, Elton, Myers, Runyon, Yash. Or so you so you'd move Runyon over to the right guard. Yeah, I mean I think he could figure it out. Why, I don't understand why right guard is the hardest position for them to figure out. Um they don't seem to want to play Zach Tom there and they don't seem to want to play Elton there and they don't seem to want to play Runyon there. Because even when they were giving Tom reps at guard, they were giving him reps at left guard. And when they were giving him reps at left guard, they were having Newman rep at right guard. They weren't even moving Runyon over or anything, like trying to get their best five, which I thought was very interesting. Yeah, that 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 actually really surprised me when they had Tom um, repping at left guard and not right guard. Yeah, that, that's that's we could talk about that for hours. But these are the things that we're kind of keeping our eye out for in this Packers Patriots contest coming up on Sunday afternoon. Dad, do you have anything else that you wanted to, to add in that front? A little bit, because that was okay. mostly about what we're expecting from the Packers' offense. Mm, yes, One thing fair, I'm, fair. I'm keeping an eye out for for the Packers' defense is look for Kenny to cook inside on pass plays against their their center. So the center Andrews has a subpar pass blocking grade, only like by PFF, only forty four point six. Pretty good run block grade though, and uh, I think Kenny has had like the most pressures for a defense or a pressure rate for a defensive tackle. Yeah, I think he's tied so for he's like second one of the in top. pressures, total pressures amongst D tackles. And, and right, and so the Packers because they actually play at a pretty slow um, pace of play um, because they they use a lot of clock themselves. There aren't that many plays per game. It's 
we especially saw that I think in the Bears game. Yeah, that was a fast um, game. That was a fast prime time. That's were, the fast I've ever seen a prime time game go by. Right. So so uh, and so they'll they'll be down a little bit in counting stats because of this, just because there aren't as many plays per game as some of the teams that you know snap it really quickly. They just have more plays to rack up uh, total counting stats. But in terms of uh, um, rate stats, I think Kenny's been killing it. And I and I think that if they have to pass, he's going to be blowing up the uh, Patriots. Center. And I think that's a big thing. Is they're I would like to see them if they have the opportunity to win the coin toss. I would like to see them take the kick and receive so that they can get a lead because I think this New England team is going to be way easier to play with if the Packers have a lead. This has been the thing I've been screaming about for like three years now. Please, please start with the ball because. It makes your defense better. It makes your offense better. Um, if the other, if the you numbers, force the other team to play from yeah, behind so, at the beginning. So what's happening here, if you don't know, is that the numbers say you should defer because if you can get the first to second half turn and score twice, the odds of winning go way up. But I think for the Packers specifically, it feels like they just play so much better with a lead that it would be beneficial to them to start with the ball despite what the numbers say and i'm someone who will almost always trust the numbers but i think in this case it just seems like the packers play better when they start with the ball i have to do more homework in this front um just to see if i what the packers record is when they start with the ball if i'm just going with confirmation bias here yeah it it is uh, definitely one of those things that i think is prone to confirmation bias but i agree with you that it feels better when the packers start with the ball and maybe maybe the conversation advises, I just love having the lead. This is awesome. <laughs> well, it also doesn't it seem like the Packers defense on the first drives of games has been very bad this year? It's been weird, you know, they like let's let the other march teams down the field instantly <laughs> and then score. And then they lock every up game, for the rest of the game. I think the other the other team is, has marched on the field on the opening drive of every game and then done, you know, Nothing. the last two like not much yeah. after that. It's like <laughs> It, it's like they use they're they're like you know doing a Jedi mind trick. Hey, show us all your plays on your first drive, so then you'll have nothing left for the rest of the game. It's like and it's like it's like <laughs> it's like oh no, this drive is scripted. I guess they're gonna score, but we'll get them when the drives are not scripted. It's like I would I would like to see them get a stop on the first drive, but anyway, we're kind of rambling on now, Dad. Did you have anything more that you wanted to add on what we're keeping our eye for? I think for? I've rambled enough. Okay, so. Let's end with a score prediction, Dad. So, I think the Packers are going to win this one pretty handily. So, I'm going with so. 20, 28-10 Packers. Okay. And Packers are home in this one. I believe they are 10.5-point favorites the last time I saw. I think they cover, but just barely. I'm going to go with 24-10. to 10. I think they struggle a little early out of the gates. But I think they kind of, by the second quarter, kind of make this game pretty comfortable, I would think. Yeah, I think the uh, the Patriots are going to struggle to move the ball and score. And so they might not even get a touchdown. I was tempted to say like 28-9, mm-hmm. that they couldn't actually get into the end zone. But we'll see what, what, let's, what happens. Let's hope so. But anyway, wrapping up here. This has been the Father-Son Packers podcast coming to you on Friday night. Normally, we will come to you on Thursday night for these pregames. Sunday night, we will be doing a postgame for this Packers-Patriots game, hopefully after a win. But we will be here, rain or shine. Um, But anyways, Dad, anything more for the lovely people? 
Nope, I think that wraps it up. Okay. Well, like we said, come check us out on Twitter at Father Son Packer. And until next time, go Pack Go. Go Pack Go.